Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. Before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Anderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Justice Magic, Binaural Production Engineer, Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, Monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And new monthly co-host Kat Baldwin, author of The Forgiveness Workshop. If you are interested in becoming a contributor to this show, just go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is... The legendary Robert Lindsay Milne. I'm sorry, you're laughing. I'm, it was the legendary part. <laughs> <laughs> that was the part that uh, made me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> Psychic rock star. Well, I, 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 yeah, well, I've been doing this for a long time. You, you know, like January 17th, I celebrated 57 years of, of uh, being a professional psychic. It's, it's, it's been my life's work. That is awesome. Well, my life's Congratulations. Well, my life. Thank you. Most yeah. people don't even live long enough to be a psychic that long. I know. I, you know, um, it's, it's, for me, everything that I've I, I've done seems normal until I sit down and talk with other people, and then and then I realize that you, you know the well, the job I do isn't isn't exactly normal or or you know really mainstream. But I, I, I'll tell you though, when when I was in the peak of my career, because like I'm 72, 73 in July, so I'm certainly not in, in the peak. But during during the prime time, so when I was in my early 30s up into early 40s, um, my office in, in Toronto was in the medical arts building. So um, I was, I, I, uh, there were, it was filled with doctors. And, and on, the, on the screen or on the, the, the board, it was, you know, the different specialties. And there was psychiatrists and then psychics. And there I was, and all of this of the doctors, and um, and, and and I wore three piece suits to, to to work, and 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 that was that that was my prime. Um, I'm not sure what the point was. Um, I'm not sure what I did. I just got carried away. So I, I think the, the point, point is that you actually wore a three piece suit to work. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and it, it I I I was. Um, a monthly guest on um, the highest rated uh, daily show in in um, the province in the you know in your case the state um, and Ontario is the biggest province. Um, it was the highest rated show and and incidentally there was uh, th now this was back in the days before they had all this advanced technology uh, before computers. So the G seven was having a me having their um, powwow in 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 uh, Toronto, and when the the Secret Service came in to do the, uh, you know, they were they were you know taking care of the security. Right. Um, the show that I was on, the TV show, it was called the Dini Petty Show. It took calls, so it was like a phone-in show, a radio show, but it was a TV show, 
and and um, we used to blow the lines out uh, in the city. We we would come on and and um, you know like we blow out telephone exchanges. So many people were calling into the the, the show, and um, the uh, um, Secret Service requested that I not be on during the week that the G7 was there because it because it posed a threat to their security if there was ever an emergency and the telephone lines were all jammed. That is amazing. Yeah. So you couldn't be on because of the G7. Pardon? You 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 you're, you could not be on the air because of the G7. You're going to take down your security risk. I always yeah. knew you were a security risk. Yeah. Well, it was because everyone wanted to talk to me and get 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 um get get a reading. That's why. I can see that. That's, yeah. why, I, that's why I have you on all the time. Well, thank you, Gary. I appreciate that. And and you, you know, I you, well, you do know I have a podcast. It's called My Side of the Crystal Ball. It's, it's just new. Um, and and um, you you were a guest on it. Greatest guest was, ever. <laughs> well, the ratings show it. That's for sure. <laughs> that 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 episode had the highest. It had the highest views. Um, uh, One eleven hundred. You know, I couldn't. I, I was amazed. You know, that's that's the, the, the that's the best. The, the closest one to it is five hundred. Hmm. Yeah. So it's my yeah. looks. Oh, I thought it was your brilliant personality. No, it's because I'm handsome. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Because I only, I mostly do just audio, and all the women want to know what I look like. The women want to, well, all they have to do is watch your podcast. No, I don't do video. I usually just do audio. Oh, are we just doing audio? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought we were doing, oh, but we just, look, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They, right. they, they would boot me off of YouTube in a heartbeat. How come? Because I'm very controversial. First of all, however you pronounce that word. Hmm. Um, I, uh, uh, embarrassingly, I, I don't, I don't have time, um, to, to, to watch podcasts. Um, yeah, I really don't either. Too busy creating. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm too busy both going on my own plus, plus, uh, uh, appearing on, uh, po podcasts, um, um, quite often. Michelle, my my publicist, um, is is um, constantly arranging me to be on shows. So um, that plus plus I'm doing readings mm -hmm. and and um, and um, mentoring. I I have several several um, people now that I that I'm mentoring. Interesting. And yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah I recently talked to Michelle. I'm trying to get Yuri Geller on the show. Is he still alive? He is. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't I don't know where he is. Yeah, he, he's still out there. What do you think? Do you think Yuri Geller is the real thing? Um, what do you mean by real thing? Well, a lot of people, like there's some guy named Randy who wrote a That's book about Yuri who okay, tried so to debunk him. And, but, okay. Okay. So, so um, I'll see it when I believe it. Mm-hmm. And I'll believe it when I see it. 
So, so I'll believe it when I see it, and I'll see it when I believe it. So if I don't want to, to see something right. or admit something, I won't. I'll deny. And if I want to see something, I will do everything I can to see it and believe it. So the side that is on, you know, that says Geller is, uh, is, is legitimate, they believe it. And the side that um, thinks it's a fake, they believe it. And I've seen in my lifetime, and I even myself um, had done that bending spoons thing. I, even I did. Even I did, because I wasn't all that interested in that. Um, and I didn't, certainly didn't want to compete with him. Um, so in, in, in the 70s, uh, in, in the group that I was, was involved with, we, we were constantly doing those types of um, experiments, those types of um, growing. And we got into um, holding spoons and, and rubbing them. And, and causing them to, to, to twist. I did it, um, and, and the, the spoons did twist. Um, I didn't get a real rush doing it, didn't follow it or do too much with it. It was like also, um, you know, a group of the people that I was involved with, they, they got interested in walking on hot coals. Well, I was never into that shit. Really? And, and, I would love to do and, that. Oh well, sure. Um, and and um, there there are people that say, well, you know, if you run really fast through the hot coals, you know, you won't get burned as badly. Uh, and if you go slowly, because because there are some people I saw people going into the middle of the, um, the the fire and they're walking around and stomping in it and staying there, and, and you know that guy burned his feet off. You know, so I, I, I've seen people have terrible accidents and I've seen people go through. Um, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. I, and one of the reasons I don't see the purpose of it. I think it's just to show that that mind over matter is a real thing, that the mind is really okay, in, in charge that. of reality rather than okay, reality in charge of the mind. Okay, so I, I believe that. Okay, so I'm not going to attach it to an individual. Right. Okay. I, I, I'm sure Geller does it, though. I'm sure he does. Yeah. He I, sounds I mean, I think anybody, like, even, like, like what do you, everybody has psychic ability. We've kind of talked about that before. Absolutely. So if everybody has psychic ability, we should also, everybody should be able to do a lot of these things that appear supernatural. Like walking on hot coals well, or bending okay. spoons. Oh, okay, you, you led me into something really interesting. Um, a miracle is only a miracle until you know how to do it. Then it's something else. But it's not a miracle. So, you know, the original that we hear of, you know, you know, the guy that walked on water. Okay, now mm -hmm. Jesus. Okay, so so that's the gold round uh, event in the Olympics. And, and, and he won it, you know, he, he walked on water. That's big one. He didn't start off walking on water. Um, you don't start off doing the, 
big flashy miracle. What you do is you start off understanding the fundamentals or, or the, the, the way energy can be manipulated. Early in my life, um, you know, I, I, I started working at the tea room when I was 15 because um, it got me off the streets. Uh, but I was doing psychic things in those days. Uh, I was then later on, I, I, I worked, I, I lived at this flea bag hotel and um, I wasn't working at the tea room and I wasn't making enough money to cover my rent at the at this flea bag hotel. Uh, uh, an older guy, um, the part-time night, oh, night man um, died. His name was Whitey. And I went to the owner of the hotel and I said, um, could I have Whitey's job, but don't pay me. Uh, I just take um, exchange for room and board. And the guy said, yes. And I worked overnight on the, on the front desk at this hotel four nights a week. And the rule at that, and it was a pretty rowdy place. Um, you know, there were a lot of fights in the place, and you know, and and the rule was, you know, a male, if you're a guy, uh, and you're, you're on the job, and and there's a fight in the bar, you're obligated to go down and 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 help, because it happened a lot. I used to have these fantasies about walking into the bar. And, 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 and there's a, a barroom brawl and putting my hands up and, you know, commanding calm and peace. You know, like I, 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 I really thought that would be a cool thing to do. Well, I never tried it. Yeah, I thought that would be a cool thing to do. So um, I, I never did it because you could get punched out for that or, or beat up pretty badly. But what I started to do way back then in my early 20s, was I started to watch the energy with with the uh, um, combatants, and I started watching how um, I'd see two people having an argument, and and I would go and stand near them, not like close enough to get in the fight, but just to observe, and I started watching how the energy built. And I started noticing different patterns and I started noticing different behaviors. And then I started watching what, you know, like, like seeing the difference. There's a point when, when two people are confronting each other. It, and, and there's this one point where it either blows up or, or it implodes. There, there, there is that one point. And, and it's really fast and it changes really fast. And, and I started watching that and observing it, observe, yeah, observing it, watching, watching how the people were reacting or groups were reacting. And I started sensing and feeling the energy. And I did it for years, like um, <clears throat> um, 40 years, practicing over the years, just, just watching and then manipulating energy. So over the years, I would see couple of people in con you know getting ready to beat each other up and just at that point um i'll do something to interrupt the energy flow and and often it 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 it, it, it breaks the connection and they stop so it's a matter of balancing uh or working with or manipulating energy i've been doing this and and 
you know, on some pretty intense situations. But the one that sticks out that to me and will forever is happened about 2015. And in another part of my life at one time, I've been committed and dedicated to being a psychic. That's my purpose. Um, I also have obsessive avocations as well, or have them, I have several. Um, and, and for example, there was a period in my life where, where I um, ba- was obsessed with baking. And, and I used to bake in the morning and bake at night and, and, and give my baking away. And um, my my stepchildren would take their their my baking to school, and you know my partner she would you know take her my baking all around. Uh, and in the neighborhood we, we we lived in, it was a brand new neighborhood, new subdivision, so nobody knew each other. And that was the time where I decided I wasn't going to be let anybody know I was a psychic. So people thought I was a, a pastry chef. That's how um, obsessed that I get with an avocation. Um, I'm even more dedicated to my psychic work. Anyway, so this one Saturday morning, I woke up and I just had to have, I just had to bake um, a coconut cream pie. I, I don't know why. I just woke up and it, I, I, I just had to do it. Hadn't baked for a while. It, I, you know, I, you know, um, had stopped baking for, for like I did for several years had to be, have to have this. So I get up. I'm telling you this story because it's about timing energy, about timing, timeline, and energies. Uh, that's why I'm telling it like this. So I have to have um, a real coconut. I'm not going to have any of that shit you buy in the bag, right? It's not going to be. So I had to have a real coconut. And it should be easy to get, I thought. And I, I, I drove to one store and the next store and the next store and the next store and the next store. And I couldn't find a, a real coconut. And this was going on for about an hour and a half. And I was starting to get a bit frustrated. And then I remembered that there was this um, Asian uh, grocery store about two blocks away from where I am. So I drive over there and it's in a strip mall. And um, as I drive in, I see that there's a, 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 a group of young men. I don't know. They could have been in their 20s. They could have been in their teens. Uh, but there was, you know, 10, 12. It was a group of them. And, and they were doing some chanting, and they were getting really revved up. And, and I was watching. And anyway, I parked my car, and, I'm, and I was really curious at what they were doing. And I watched them for a couple of moments. And then I saw that they were directing energy towards a wall near the entrance of the grocery store. And there was a dog tied up to the bicycle rack. And these guys were focusing on the dog. And the dog was really afraid. It was a lab or something like that. And I watched. And... um, they were getting more intense. And then I took a breath and I relaxed and I just walked right in the middle of the group, like right smack dab in the middle. And I just stood there and I had no thoughts. 
I wasn't sending out any energy towards anyone. I just stood there. And then eventually I made contact or the, the leader made eye contact with me. And he said, is that your dog? And I said, no, but he's a friend of mine. And this guy's head kind of shifted. And it was like a balloon pop. And then they stopped. And I walked out of the group. And I went over to the dog. Boy, was that a dog ever happy to see me. And I was patting the dog. And I looked up. And they just dis dispersed. Now, if you would have saw that, that happened. You say that was a miracle. No, it wasn't. It was learning to manipulate energy. So a miracle is only a miracle till you know how to do it. Then it's something different, but it's still a skill. Interesting. Why were these guys messing with a dog? Um, I never got into a discussion with them about it. I, they, they had some religious, it was, just, we were in a specific religious area, um, area. I hope they weren't going to eat it. Gary, um, what happened was uh, I walked in the middle. It was over. I stood by the dog. The owner came out. And um, I said, boy, if your dog could talk, could he ever tell you a story? <laughs> and then I walked in the grocery store and bought my coconut. And then I got in my car and I drove home and made my coconut cream pie. And um, off and on, I thought um, of what I had done. What, and um, I knew I'd taken care of the dog. I hadn't thought anywhere farther along than that. Do you think it was fate, though, that made you want to make that coconut pie that particular day to be there for that dog? It was timing. It was it was the energy line. Um, it was it was certainly a series of co incidences. The dog being there, the kids being there, me wanting to have bake, bake the coconut cream pie. Right. It's, uh, it's kind of weird. Like, how often were you baking coconut cream pies to begin with? Obviously, not that much. I hadn't. You I hadn't because you weren't one. finding coconuts i hadn't made one in like um five six years that's what i said i woke up in the morning and i just sensed it i needed to do that but then it happened that that the incident with the dog now on the other hand these types of incidences happen with me quite often like a lot most of my life um one time, my office used to be in right, right downtown in well in the in the um, midtown area in, in, in Toronto, and my dentist was downtown, and um, I, I could drive, but it would be through crazy traffic, and and the subway in Toronto, you know, it it it, it dropped me off at the door to the uh, the um, dentist's office. So this particular day, I was going to the dentist, and now there were two ways to go. You get on the Bloor Street uh, subway, and you go east to Young Street, get on the Young Street subway and take it south to Queen Street, which is where the um, 
dentist offices. There's another way that's four stops longer, and I, and I almost never took it. But this one particular day, I was on the subway going to the dentist, and I just thought, let's get off at St. George Street, uh, and that's the link for another subway line. And um, it goes east-west and north-south, and I needed to go north-south. And the north-south was the second platform, the lower level. Subway stops, I get off, and I'm going down the stairs uh, to the second level, and a subway train comes into the station. And, and it stops, and I start going to the, the subway car, and as I get there, the doors are starting to close. I step back. This lady come running behind me, right up beside me, and goes to get on the subway train. She puts her foot through the door, the doors close on her foot, and the train is starting to go. And this is happening right in front of me. I simply bent down, put my hand around my hands around her shin, and I pulled her foot out of the shoe. And then I stepped back and pulled her back, and then I just let go. Her shoe then started to bounce on the train, the, 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 um, um, the car, the, the subway car, and the, the, the um, uh, platform. It was bouncing as the train was coming, starting to leave the station. There's a gap between the two, two you know, the different subway cars. And I looked at her and she saw her shoe bouncing and she reached down to pick it up just as the two space, the space between the two cars was coming up. And she started to go head first into the, the, the um, between the two subway cars and onto the track. So I just wrapped my arms around her waist and I grabbed her and I pulled her back and I let go after I pulled her away. Um, and then I heard another train come in on the other side of the track, on the other side of the platform. And it turned out that was the southbound train, which is the one that I wanted. And the one, the northbound train was the one that I thought was my train, but I just pulled this lady off the, out of the, you know, the car or, or, um, from falling in. So I went across the other side, got on the subway train going south. And it was about two stops later that I just said, y y y you might have saved her life. And that was, that was, um, I didn't think much more about it other than that. So what do you think this, this is, this series of coincidences? What's causing it? Is it divinely, something divine or the universe's plan? Um, and it also always brings up that other big question, you know, free will versus fate. You're a lot smarter than me, Gary. No, I'm you, not. you you think <laughs> yes, you are. You you think a lot differently. Um, you, you know, you think out here, um, and 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 neither put down or 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 praise. You 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 are broad based in in your thinking, and in many ways I am. But what I'm really focused on. Is what's going on around me. Do you, do you remember I've said, you know, what? How, how do you become psychic? Um, become aware of what's obvious. Mm -hmm. So, I am aware of what's going on around me, and I react to it. 
when I see something happening, I react. Um, it's just my instinct. So, and, and I watch all the time, even if it's um, something simple, um, small. Um, the other night I was at the grocery store and um, they're doing this big thing about, you know, not giving out plastic bags, uh, reusable bags or um, non-recyclable bags. And so what you have to do to get one is, is, is you have to, you know, call the, and, and in, it's in the self-checkout, you have to, you know, call the kid um, that's watching the machines to give you one of the bags. So this night I asked for four and she gave them to me and I realized after I'd finished putting all my stuff in the bags, I got one too many. And, but, but, so I just spread, you know, I just spread it out. And as I was walking by another machine, these, this guy, this man and woman, they were trying to get the attention of the kid that was in charge of giving people bags and, and um, making the self-checkout machines work again. And, um, well, she actually wasn't around, that's what happened. And, and I saw they just needed one bag, and I, and I just stopped and said, here. And I took something out of my, one of my bags, and I just gave them the bag, and, and, then, and then walked away. So I, that, that's what I do. And I don't think about it, I just, but I sure feel good about it. But mm -hmm. that's what I do. That's, that's, that's what my life's about. It's interesting, though, that you would end up in these situations to begin with. Like, what gets you there? Um, I was going to the dentist with that woman in, in, in the shoe. Um, I was going to get a coconut. Right. Uh, but but, but with, like, like, like even the dentist one, like you were actually at the wrong train. I went out the wrong side of the platform. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. And I was going the long way. I, I don't know why. I, I just I just decided. I, I, I just followed the energy, which, which is what I do most of my life, which is how I survive so well as a child on the street. And that's part of um, how I develop my psychic ability too. you know, living in an alleyway in the wintertime. And during those times, um, I never stole anything. You know, I always worked for it or, you know, I'd go to a restaurant and, you know, say, can I, you know, wash dishes or something to, um, for something to eat. I, I, I did that kind of stuff. So do you believe in any type of divine intelligence? Do you mean God? Oh, whatever. God, universe, um, consciousness. I think God is sort of a limiting term. Well, the way... God is often portrayed as as a wise old man with long hair and a beard uh, that 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 knows everyone on the planet by name and everything about them. I, I'm not sure that 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 being exists. Yeah, I don't find that either. That's ridiculous. Um, now, something created what what we have, what what we, how we live. That there has to be a creator. Um, that would be a god. But from our perspective, we know as much about God as a whale would know about the Sahara Desert. Nothing. Pardon? Nothing. Absolutely. Because what everyone thinks of God is what's inside them 
thinking about God. So, um, two Christians, you know, one believes one thing, one believes the other thing, and they'll they'll fight about it um, or kill each other about it. So, there was a movie called um, The Gods Must Be Crazy. Did, did you ever hear of that movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy? No. Oh, you got to check it out, man. I think it was out in the, the first one was out in the 1980s. And, and it starts off with a guy flying across the plains of, in Africa in, 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 a, in a biplane, open air plane, right? There's, there's, and, he's, and he's flying it and he's eating his lunch at the same time and he's drinking a bottle of Coke. He throws the coke over the side, and then there's this bushman walking across, and the coke bottle falls in front of him. Never seen one before. He picks the coke bottle up, and then takes it back to the takes it back to his tribe. And they start going through all the things that the coke bottle should be, or is. Um, it's quite interesting. Actually, it's a comedy, but it's not. Then there's an episode um, with with um, in the next generation Star Trek, and the Enterprise goes to this planet that the um, whatever the group is called um, they've been they've been they've been um, observing this this lesser developed um, planet. Nice people, but not that evolved yet. Um, and then they got caught. So. Picard and his gang um, would got there to see if they could clean the mess up. It got worse. And for some reason there was somebody got hurt and it was the and and accidentally one of the villagers or a couple of the villagers got um, beamed up as well to to the enterprise. And they saw some miracles that the doctor did. That was beyond their imagination. They had a, um, you know, somebody that looked like they were dead, and and you know the doctor brought them back to life, and they attributed it to the Picard, and then all of a sudden they go back down to the planet and they start telling everybody about the Picard, and the people on the planet start deciding how the Picard wants them to behave. Some believe that they should attack and fight. Some believe that they should be loving and kind. And each one had a different perspective of what the Picard wanted. It scared the shit out of Jean-Luc, let me tell you. It rattled him. But these people were seeing him as God. And then without realizing it, they were projecting onto what they saw and what they are inside. So when you start talking about God, because we have no concept, we're developing or being drawn to a God that fits with how we are inside, what we really are. So do you think it's a waste of time for people to try to figure out what God is? I didn't say that. I'm just curious. I, I, I can't tell people how to do that. Here's what I know. Um, I know that I get 
great joy giving aid. Yeah. I really get my rocks off on it, man. I, I, I really do. And when I'm in a shitty mood, and it can happen a few times, you know, when I'm in a bad mood or, 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 or down or depressed, I go out and look for people so I can do something nice for them. I, 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 I go and do kind things. Or if I'm in a really bad mood or upset or whatever and I see somebody I don't like, I do something kind. But I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me. It just so happens that me doing a nice thing for somebody makes them feel good, but, but it makes me feel good. So I, I can't tell you what God is. Whatever God is is so far beyond anything that I know. And who knows? Maybe being kind, being positive, maybe when, when, when we get to wherever we're going to go, when, it, when it's over, wouldn't it be horrible if, if, if maybe that was the opposite than what we were supposed to do? Boy, that'd be awful. Instead of the people that do the shitty things, you know, they get into trouble. Who, who, who knows? May, may, maybe, the, you know, maybe the wires are crossed. Who, who knows? I don't. Yeah, what I know... Pardon? Me either. I have no idea. So what I know is what I think and what I believe. So I believe in, in being kind. I, I, and, and, and as I'm getting older, maybe because I can't fight as much, I'm not as tough as I used to be. So, so maybe I'm result, you know, going, being kinder. But, uh, well, actually, I was joking um, about that. Um, but I find that it makes me feel really good to give service. Right. Uh, that's why I do it. Mm. So, your podcast, do you consider your podcast I, a way of doing service? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the questions that I ask people on my show, um, it's called My Side of the Crystal Ball by the way, um, the, the, the questions that I ask are questions from somebody that knows how the fundamentals work in, in, in these things. So I have an awareness and, and, and most often have experienced something like what the, you know, my people are, my, you know, my, my guests are, 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 are experiencing. And I ask questions that are simple, but um, it brings out, I ask questions that um, bring out answers that they may not have thought about in the, about, I've asked them questions that they've not been asked before, but, but are quite relevant. And, and um, in almost all my podcasts, um, I, I have a really close emotional um, connection, and as do as do my guests. Hmm. So, and what happens is in that conversation we start talking shop, and then as because I'm a kind of down to earth kind of person, then we start talking shop in ways that um, people that don't know that much can understand. So. I know with me, my podcast, I've learned a lot. Oh, yeah. How about you? Have you been finding that doing the podcast has 
you know, increased your awareness of subjects that you weren't aware of previously or given you Absolutely. the chance to look at things from different perspectives? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and what, what's been fun as well, you know, is, is that um, many of the things that um, I'm talking with people about, I was around when they just started. And it's fun seeing, you know, because I, I, I chose an area in this field um, to, to do readings, to be a performing psychic, to, to give service that way. Um, and, and I, I, I just didn't get interested in any other parts of the, 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 the fields or the, um, um, the interest sim simply because I was good at being psychic. It's, it's, it's how I survived. Um, I was a good performer. Um, and, and I, I, I did really well. I, I, I didn't need to look at anything else. So, um, at the beginning, I saw that Carillion photography. Okay, Carillion photography. Right. So Carillion photography, I believe, was invented by the, the, the Russians. Um, and it came to Canada in the mid-1970s. And I, I remember the very first psychic fair we had in, in, in Canada. And there was a guy who had a booth that was uh, doing Carillion photography. And basically, it was like a Polaroid camera. Um, and then there was a black sleeve over it. And you put your hand inside the sleeve and on a something and and you put your finger on a spot and they take a picture and and when when it came out there would be a, an energy force around your fingertip and then they would tune into and and see and 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 tell you psychic things about the energy around your fingertip that's where i left off that's what i saw that's that's all so um 86 2016 so like um, you know, 45 years later, uh, um, I'm on this podcast. No, I was, I was, um, talking with somebody who does some healing stuff and, um, it was Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and, and, and she took a photo through the, um, through the screen. And then she was reading the energy around, around you know, my form, mm -hmm. I'm taking the picture. And I went, oh my God, this is where, this is where Carillion photography has been. Wow, what a wonderful world. So these are the things that, that um, I, I'm seeing on my podcast. So stuff that was just starting off, like just being introduced. And now I'm seeing, you know, where, where, where um, it, 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 it evolved to. Wow, wow. What a wonderful world this is. It is pretty cool. Yeah, she did that isn't for that, me too. Yeah, that's isn't that yeah, that's right. So that's the part that that um that's what makes it great for me. Now the other part is um being a grandmaster of my craft. And and the hesitation was just then, um, not that I have trouble Believing it now is, is, is I just don't want to brag or, or, or sound like I'm, you know, um, yeah, bragging or showing off. But, you know, I've been doing this for 57 years. I've done more than 100,000 psychic connections. Um, I've traveled around the world um, doing readings and shows. And, and it's been um, 
my my life. Uh, um, I I don't think there's been anyone that's that right now that 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 has done the amount of readings that, that I have. Well, maybe I right, so maybe there's somebody that's done a little bit more, but I, you know, a hundred thousand is you know a fuck of a lot. Um, so someone beat me great or, or done more. Um, that person would be a grandmaster as well. So I know a lot just simply because of the amount of time. The type of readings I do now, it, it, if I would have the opportunity to get a reading from me, and, and, and incidentally, one of the things that I'm jealous about is, is, is um, uh, I'm jealous of my clients. And, and I'm jealous of my clients because I don't have somebody like me that, to, to help me the way, the way I help others. I, 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 I'm jealous sometimes. Now, I'm not jealous as in, sorry, I'm not going to, uh, you know, it's, 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 maybe it's not jealous. It's, it's um, I wished I had or met somebody like me that would look after me or take care of me the way I look after my clients. That, that, and, and, and by the way, my friends, too. Right. Uh, it. Right. Yeah, you look after me too. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm an adoptee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, that just happens. Um, that just happens, and it's part of knowing me. I, it's, it's just, just part of being in my life, and 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 people that are close to me um, have the benefit of if they're in trouble, you know, call Robert, and and I always answer my friends. I, I'm I'm there. And and um, um, and I do stuff for my friends that I can't necessarily do for me, you know. Have, have you ever? So, so, are there any psychics out there that that um, you would want to read you or help you? Um, yes, there are. I had to go through it, you know. Like I, um, I, I really had to process process that. Um, and, you know, if you would have asked me at a different point in time, uh, um, uh, I, I, I would have said no. But on the other hand, I, I sometimes go to psychics to see um, how they're doing what they're doing. And, and um, I want to see how they're they're. they're doing their readings and and um and and how and 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 how they're saying things um their patterns their process um i i i like to do that um and it helps me you know get better at my craft and even today um today as in at this time in my life because I still do a fair amount of readings. I'm still doing between four and five hundred readings a year, and and um, that was and I was doing that before I started doing these podcasts a couple years ago. Um, uh, I slowed down to you know four or five hundred a year in my semi-retirement. Uh, so um, every month, I take a couple of the readings that I've done. And I watch them or listen to them. And I'm listening to how I'm saying things. I'm critiquing how I'm expressing something to someone. 
what I saw with a lot of psychics is now, now every one of us has filler. And filler is when you're going from one thought to another. And, and, and you might not have anything to put in between. So often there'll be something that somebody will say that will be a little bit funny or, or um, something that they would say that couldn't be wrong or something that's in their um, quiver, as it were, uh, an arrow from their quiver that, that would fill in but really not mean anything. Mm-hmm. I call that filler. And what I listen to is, is that. And the other thing that I listen to is um, how they say important things and the sound, the energy in their voice. And what I look for when I'm critiquing myself are the very same things, the energy in my voice. At more than 100,000 psychic connections, how many bad relationships do you think I've uh, encountered? Zero. You know how, like, unbelievable amount. Oh, not me personally, of course. Not, well, yeah, me, even me personally. But but it, it's the joy, you know, it's what happens. That's why people first start coming. You know, my broken heart. Or what, you know, that's a big one. Every uh, so, how, so, so, I may have said it 100,000 times or experienced it 50,000 times. But I'm saying it to that person in front of me for the first time. And it's an important thing. So I work very, very hard to make sure that I'm saying what I'm saying with with, uh, um, real feeling rather than routine. So I watch how I do my work. I watch how I'm saying things. I make sure that I'm not falling into patterns or routines. There's always easy hits, right? But, you know, like you can, you, you know, and you do a whole lot, you can spend a whole reading, just easy stuff. So I make sure that I stay away from that unless I get into trouble and I'm losing the client. Then I say I lose the client. I'm just not clearly connecting. Then I'll do something like that. But I'm constantly assessing how I'm giving the information, the way I look, um, and and um, making sure that it's the absolute best I can do. Um, and I guarantee it forever. Right, yeah. I, I remember you're one of the only psychic I know of that will give a person, you know, their money back if they're not happy with the reading. At any, from the time I do your reading until the ending of my life or yours, if for any reason you're dissatisfied with the service that I provided, I'll give you back your money. Now, if I did a reading for you in 1983, I'm not giving you... Uh, 2022's money back. I'm going to give you back what you paid, you know, your original payment. But I'll do that. Um, um, and now today, you know, I do most of my work um, on on uh, online these days on, on, on Zoom. And so, you know, I, I get paid first, you know, before the session starts. Um, but but if they come to me in person, I, I don't take the money until, the re- until I do the reading. 
I don't take the money until I, I believe that is the best that I can do. There, there are, there's more than 10% of the time that when someone's come, more than, maybe even 15, uh, come to me, 15% of the time, where I believe what I'm doing is not good enough, and, and I stop, and I apologize, and, and I give them back their money. Well, I do that. Do you think that there are things, like when you're giving a person a reading and they're looking maybe for a piece of specific information, Yes. do you think that um, there are pieces of information that human beings are not privy to that will not come to you because they're not supposed to know it? I think you might say, is there destiny? Mm -hmm. So um, when getting a reading, uh, you're given information, and when you're given the information, you can, with a little bit of warning, you can decide that you will or you won't experience it. So when you know an event is occurring, you have the opportunity to decide how you're going to experience it, if at all. Destiny cannot be seen, therefore it cannot be changed. Now, when I started working on that one, happened during my prime, and it was during, I think it was the 86 Olympics. It, it, it could have been, I just think of all the powers. Yeah, okay, it was in 86, it was in 1986. Um, I was driving a 1985, um, um, uh, uh, Z28 Camaro. Nice. Black with, it was it was black with red uh, with red velour interior. It got it got replaced by a uh, um, uh, a 1990 a 1987 um, IROC Z Camaro, and it was white with red leather interior. So anyway. Uh, so I so I didn't have that car then. I had the black one. Um, it was during the um, Calgary Winter Olympics. It was just after the Calgary Winter Winter Olympics, and this woman came to me for a reading, and um, I saw this happy future. She was a great woman. And I really liked her a lot. Like I just cared. Uh, this is just a more. It was warm connection, and. I did this great reading for her, and she loved it, and blah, 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 and she, and, and, um, she got on her bike and rode home. She was a producer for CTV, and she had just finished her assignment at the Calgary Olympics, and she had just gotten back. And um, the next night on the TV, I was watching the late night news, and here in Canada, the, 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 the main news is on at 11 o'clock, the national news. And uh, Lloyd Robertson was the, was the, night, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the, the news reader. And they did this um, uh, um, eulogy. And I was looking, and it was the woman that I had done a reading for the day before. And she was riding her bike home, and she got hit by a trolley car and got killed. And I thought, how could you have missed it? Like, what the fuck is the matter? How could you do that? 
or not do that. It just freaked me out. And I, it took me a long time. And then I thought, maybe I didn't see it because it was destined. And I couldn't have seen it because you cannot change destiny. What do you think happens if we could change destiny? Then it wouldn't be destiny, would it? Oh no. Since I'm not really sure what destiny actually is or where it comes from, that was a good way I have to get no idea. I don't know. Maybe it was a good way for me to get off the hook and um, you know, but but I I I, I still um, don't know other than what I just said how I could have missed it. I, I just don't know how it happened. I just and there have been th- and, and and I've blown others too. It's not it's not it's not like um, you, you know I'm doing all these major scores. You know, like I, I I've blown a few. Hmm. Ford in a whis- Ford by a whisker in '76, as opposed to Carter. Yeah, I did that one. I missed that one. <laughs> so, if you were driving a Camaro, yes, were you able to use your psychic abilities to detect the police to not get tickets? Mostly, um, <laughs> mostly. Uh, well, the one that I really started having trouble with, and I had to get really serious, was the was the cor- Corvette that I that I had, and and um, when I got it, I, I traded in the the IROC Z. Um, when, when I got the Corvette, um, I I had a serious talk with myself, and and, and I said, Robert. You are always, this car is always going to be more car than you are driver. And uh, that's what kept me alive when I just kept saying that to myself. This is more car than what you can handle. You, you, you just, you're not good enough to drive this car the way it would go. So, um, but I got tickets. Hmm. I drove it, you know. But, but certainly it, it, it kept me in check. What do you drive now? Now I drive um, a Ford Caravan, but in uh, those years I also didn't have three dogs, so I have a I have a a, a Grand Caravan. And, and <laughs> do you know what I tra- uh, hey you know what I traded my Corvette in for was 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 a, a, a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Okay, okay, and then I traded the Jeep. Grand Cherokee to a Wrangler, a Jeep Wrangler. So I drive. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? 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 What year? Two thousand ten. Okay. Yeah. Um, they're great. So That's actually like what mine was. It was. It was silver with black interior. Yeah. It was blue. the two door, not the four. Yeah. Mine's the four. Wow. That's that's one. It's a lot of fun. It was well for me getting in that vehicle and driving it. I I knew that driving that vehicle, I could pretty much go, in you know around here and anywhere I wanted. I wasn't going to get stuck. Right, it's the best in the snow, especially in Canada when you got snow. Like yeah. like even recently, like when we had eighteen inches of snow here, I was the only guy to make it to work. And that's my opinion about that. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I completely agree with you, you know. Oh, yeah. Your and your your contribution just 
gave me a whole different point of view. Thanks, Gary. I do my best, you know. I'm out to change. You know, my, my goal is small, which is to change the world. Oh, well, there, there you go, right? Yep. Incredible. So, um, with the podcast, have, have you had any guests that, that really stood out to you? That really what? That really stood out to you? Besides you? Oh, I know I stood out to you. Oh, okay, all right. I just, just want to make that clear. Okay, all right. Um, um, everyone that has been on my show has, I've, I've had a, a, a touching um, emotional connection with them. Everyone. And everyone um, has taught me something about what they do. And each one has has um, been enlightening for me. The very first one, I have to tell you, um, it was it was with the two mics, and I'm trying to remember the name of their podcast, East Coast Mike and West Coast. Oh Mike. yeah, Mike Maybe. and Mike. I know these guys. Those two guys. Okay, now um, they were the first guests, and and it, Michelle. Um, you know, my publicist and the people that do help me do my podcast, um, Michelle recommended these guys, and and I watched their podcasts and they were they were good they were you know they're good guys and and um, they they're they're behavioralists, mm -hmm. but 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 they're also Christians mm -hmm. and they're they're Christians in that they're pastors, and you know um, at least one of them had a PhD. And and both of them are, you know, doing stuff that um, is beyond just just being being a um, you know a, a pastor in a church. They're doing things on a big level. Over my lifetime, Christians have been most unkind to me, and I've had um, I've been verbally emotionally assaulted by by christians um resenting or trying to stop me from doing what i what i do um in in some of the early days uh, i was i was you know the first traveling psychic across canada i was the first one and at different radio stations they would protest that i would be there um if i were doing Often I would be doing a live um, demonstration. Uh, they'd show up and and shout us down or shout me down and interrupt the show. Well, what it would also do is cause me to lose a lot of money because because um, we had to give back all the money and I ended up, you know, not even making my expenses and and that had happened and and I'd had some other harsh things and I have been afraid of them and um, disliking them too. Although if someone, a Christian came to me for a reading, I would, I would be very kind and, and, and I, I, I wouldn't discriminate them against, against them for being Christian. Um, nor would I get into an argument or a debate about it either. I would just simply give them the reading. So going on with these guys and my first podcast, um, 
I was, I was, I, I, I really was quite intimidated. I, I, mm-hmm. I was really, really nervous. And um, partway through, or near the end, I told these guys about how I was intimidated and how um, Christians, how I didn't like Christians because of the way they had treated me. And they came out of character. And and you know what I mean, the character mm-hmm. like they, yeah I know you know they they've got a stick together right yeah. and and yeah they both came out of that character, they both got really really serious, and East Coast Mike said to me he said, well one he said he was very sorry that I had had these experiences, and then what he said is that he said by the way he said. Uh, something like they're coming out of character, you know, they're to do this. And and he said, there are two Christian churches. There is the business church and the spiritual church. And he said it was the business church are the ones that hurt you and, and um, acted the way they did. The spiritual church didn't would not do that and I thought about it and I saw and sensed and felt his sincerity and 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 also West Coast Mike and I thought about it a lot and I realized that I identified Jesus as Christian so the way the Christians behave I laid that on Jesus. And in that podcast, I developed a new relationship with Jesus. Hmm. Now, I'm not a Christian. I'm not going to go to church. But the connection with that spiritual being was healed. It was, it was, it was, it was a beautiful, touching experience. And yeah. I am... I, I'm deeply appreciative that, um, that that they did that, which then led me on to some amazing things like hate the sin, love the sinner. That seems like a really big deal to do. Hmm. Like, think about Jeffrey Dahmer. Like, you know, that's the guy that... that, that he ate um, people. Well, 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 first he had sex with them, then he ate them. Yeah. But but um, so, you know what? I I saw Mr. Dahmer on TV, and I know a little bit about what what went on. Um, this man came out in the interview too. He he went to court and sat behind his son every day. He went to court with him uh, when they were going through the trial, and he visited. Uh, his son Jeffrey at the prison, and and the interviewer said, "How, how could you do that?" And Mr. Dahmer said that um, he said, "I don't know how Jeffrey um, started doing these things. I thought about it, and I just cannot understand. And I'm horrified by what he's done." And he said, 
he's my son and I love him. That's unconditional love. So that got me thinking, so how could you hate the sin but love somebody that's done no sin? I then started thinking, we incarnate. Um, and a version of reincarnation is a lot like um, we're, we're like a group of actors in an ensemble going from town to town. And um, when we're on the train or the bus, we're, we're who we are ourselves. And we all know each other. I know you, you're Gary, you know me, I'm Robert, mm -hmm. right? Okay. And and to a degree, when we're talking off air, we are different. You know, I swear a whole lot more and talk about other things. And, you know, you you, you brag more, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I had... To, I, I don't know where that came from. I was just... <laughs> so, anyway... Um, so hate the sin, uh, love the sinner. So we we go in, we we well, it's like a, a group of actors. So they put on a costume, they put grease paint on their face, they play a role, and in that role they do things that they play. Everyone does, and when the play is over, the actors then get on the bus and go to the train and take off all their makeup and stuff. And then the actors are then themselves again, and then they interact. And then they go to another town, and they take on another persona. That's the way reincarnation could be described. So if that's the way reincarnation can be described, then right now, in this life, it's, it's the actors in face paint that have done these things. But the real being is the one that gets on the train. So seeing it from that overall, then you can love the sinner. Yeah. Because we'll because in another play or existence, we've done the same shit or worse. Hmm. Yeah, that's something I've been getting in touch with too. You know, I've been reading um, my new co-host Kat Baldwin's her forgiveness workshop talks a lot about that topic. Forgiveness is something you do for yourself. It's a present you give to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the only person getting screwed over by it. Yeah. So giving forgiveness isn't liking the person that hurt you or whatever. It's, it's getting to the point where you just say, you know what? This just, this, this just too much. I, I'm just going to let this go. Yeah. That is what forgiveness is. And it's the most beautiful gift you can give yourself. It's your freedom. Absolutely. Is And two, um, at least with, with forgiving other people, it allows me to have better relationships going forward, I believe, rather Especially, than being a block. Right. Well, when you have a really good relationship with yourself, then you'll have good relationships with others. And when you have a bad relationship with yourself, you have bad relationships with others. Right. Well, that should be a problem with me. I, I really love myself a lot. It's apparent. 
<laughs> I mean, who wouldn't love the greatest podcaster in the universe? <laughs> well, there you go, right? <laughs> so I, I know that you have um, some things to come up and do. I'm um, working. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, going to work today. I'll be slaving over a hot crystal ball for the rest of the day. Sounds like a good day. And I still have some more podcasts to do. <laughs> That's right. I, and I have to do some of the um, uh, um, voiceovers for my podcast. It's coming out on now uh, the next next when this Wednesday. It's called. It's um, really interesting guest Deborah Deborah Lynn Katz. Um, she has a PhD in psychology. She also um, is the owner and proprietor of. Um, one of the largest um, schools of clairvoyance in, in, in the world. It, 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 it's called the International School of Clairvoyance. She's also um, a, um, a remote viewer, and mm. um, she, she's a fabulous show. Anyway, it's coming up. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, not as fascinating as your shows, but, you know. Well, well, there is one show that I had that was really fascinating. Like, like mm, that was the one you did, of course. Yeah, uh, you can't beat well, me. Well, not yet. That was the highest rated that we would ever had, and I grudgingly say that to you. But <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm the one person with no real skill. <laughs> and I have, you know, and I had, you know, I looked, I thought. Couldn't it have been any other one but Gary's? Does it have to be Gary's? <laughs> the guy who always brags how great he is. <laughs> of course, it has to be that way. Well, if you can do it, you're not bragging. That's true. Right? <laughs> right. So before we wrap it up, though, where's yeah. the best place for my listeners to find you? You can find me um, on my website, uh, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And are you ready for this? Uh, TikTok. <laughs> can you imagine me doing TikTok? I haven't, I haven't done TikTok. Yeah. It'd probably kick me off. Well, hey. It's, it, that's why, that's why I can't do those other platforms. Yeah. You know, I mean, last week I did an episode on um, bondage cannibalism and the god particle you're gonna do one of those i did it was all in one episode wow wow yeah so people get upset especially about the bondage and the cannibalism yeah um that's not my thing either um well we talk I, about the spiritual aspect of it though you know like the original origin of cannibalism is a sort of to take in the energy of your ancestors yeah, well, that's good. Um, so, you know, that's another way to, you know, cause people to become vegan. But um, so there are so many, not, 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 I'm really being serious on this one, not, not any critiquing you in any way, shape or form, or even expre expressing an opinion about what you're doing, any way, shape or form. Um, I have other interests and, and those types of things you know, upset me, and and um, I, I just want to go there these days. That's just pretty much it. Um, but a lot of people do, yeah. and well, I no try to right I try. Well, I try to point out the spiritual aspects of them. A great idea, and, and, and the misconceptions of some of these things. Sure, you know? I, yeah, um, I. It was. That's very deep thinking. 
I'm telling you the truth, yeah, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> that, at the end of the day, everything is spiritual. And, and, you know, you obviously are a really bright guy. You might be smarter than me. Probably you are. Actually, you are. I, don't know I have to work that. to keep up to you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for the compliment, man. <laughs> I'm good at bragging, but I'm not good at taking compliments. <laughs> so it's been great seeing you. You too, um, man. I think I've been on your podcast more than any, but uh, and we'll keep coming back. It's always fun to talk with you. It's because it's the best podcast ever. I think so, too. <laughs> Other than yours. You're second. That's right. All right. Hang on for one second. I just got to play the outro. <laughs> and I'll put the links to your website in the notes of this episode so my listeners can find you, find your podcast, and if they want, get a reading from you. And if they're not happy oh, yeah. with it, they can Absolutely. get their money back. Yeah, that's true. But that'll never happen because you're as good of a psychic as I am a podcaster. Uh you're right. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. T-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com.